0: There. Welcome to Three Moves Ahead, the once and future official podcast of FlashStill.com. I am your host, Troy Goodfellow. And with me today is one of our original panelists, someone with whom I have not done a show in quite some time, and I've missed it. Mr. Julian Murdoch.
1: Aw, it's so sweet, Troy. I've missed you, too.
0: That's a lie. Because uh, <laughs> everyone lies to me. Uh, how, how have you been?
1: I am just fantastic. I... Uh... I haven't been playing quite as many strategy games as I have in the past, so you guys have done a whole bunch of shows about games I have not been able to put time into, but I'm excited to be here to talk about a game I have put up a ton of time into.
0: But on Gamers with Jobs last week, you did talk about Europa Universalis 4, or at least Sean did. So <laughs> I figure you guys are... At least we have Sean on the GWJ podcast carrying the torch for
1: us. Carrying the torch,
0: yeah. Yes. Uh, with us is one of our frequent guests... Uh, one of our local Toronto Treasures, Mr. David Heron.
2: Oh, we're basically neighbors, Troy. We're not It's not it's a big city, but I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you here. And we are talking about a game that both David and Julia have put a lot of time into, and I've put some time into, enough to understand what is going on. And for a couple of months, this is the game that dominated my Twitter feed. And I'm sure the Twitter feeds of many people. And that is Blizzard's Hearthstone a deck-building game available uh, both through the Blizzard net and on iOS. And we're going to talk to Julian and David about how it compares to other deck-building games, uh, its strengths and its weaknesses, and uh, Blizzard's, I guess, strategy in general with where this game fits in their larger plan. Uh, So David, since you're the guest, um, why don't we start with your... I don't want to say describe the game because everyone should know what a deck building game generally is. But why don't you start with laying out how this distinguishes itself, if it does, from other deck building games you're familiar with, either tabletop or on computer?
2: Um, I think this is actually sort of one of the, the sort of biggest points of contention, uh, I think, amongst when people are talking about about Hearthstone. Uh, and that is this, this sort of like, how do you categorize it? Um, I think more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want, it's an, I don't want to use the word ignorant because that has a bunch of negative connotations, but maybe those who don't play a lot of card building games or deck deck games, they'll call it a CCG or whatever. And yet like the hardcore CCG players will immediately like revile and rebuke you for, 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 <laughs> for, for, for calling it as such. So let's. Let's call it, it uses cards. This is, and you collect them. So I think we can call it a card, a card collection game and a deck building game. So I think right. it's fine. Um, yeah. where it sort of differs and I think where, where the issues are is, uh, the first thing right out of the bat is there's a very small card pool, card pool, um, compared to something like magic or net, net runner or, uh, the game of thrones game or so. Uh, I think the standout thing of uh, Hearthstone that makes it distinct uh, is probably they take a relatively small number of cards and then they further subdivide it into classes, and so it uh, the the design and the feel of the game is you know directly derived from uh, the MMO World of Warcraft, which is you know like many MMOs a, a class based game, and what this means is that I think the while approaching the deck building scenario, um, you have uh, a, a, an even small, like a relatively small set of cards that you want to, to pick from. And those really, um, I think the negative way to say it would be funnel you towards a deck strategy, but we'll we'll say it sort of helps guide a, a new user uh, towards a, a deck that is actually going to function correctly.
1: Right, right. And I think one of the things that we should point out up front is that while it shares the the core mechanics of, of infinite number of CCGs where, you know, you you get a handful of cards, you draw a card, you play a card based on a certain amount of resources, it simplifies a lot of those mechanics down. You only have one source of power. It only goes from one to ten. By turn ten, you have all the power you'll ever get. So it's it's very mm. easy to get into if you're not somebody who's played Magic or any of these other types of games, which is great. Like, that's awesome. And, and that core game is very enjoyable in sort of a casual uh, a casual way. Um, the, and you can, you can play that game without really ever getting into deck building, right? The basic decks are actually pretty much fine. They're not like perfectly tuned, but it's not like you, you can't play if you don't go deep down the rabbit hole. Then there's a whole nother game, which is the arena, Um, which uses the same mechanics when you finally get into a game but has this this wonderful sort of drafting component where you get sort of 30 choices put in front of you uh, to pick one of three cards Uh, and and you make your 30 choices of those three cards and then you have a 30 card deck and that's what you have to play with and you sort of go as long as you can without losing three times and it, it harkens back to playing, uh, you know, a game like magic in a draft format where you're sort of looking at a handful of cards, picking one, passing it along. Um, but, but there's something about that, that gameplay mode, which is what I think is, it makes it a a much more interesting strategic game than it might otherwise be.
2: Mm -hmm. I think, I think, it should be noted that one of the big differentiators from a tabletop game and what I consider to be, uh, why it's probably not something that I'm, I, choose to, to play in my spare time is that um you cannot act during the other player's turn. So each player, there are no interrupts, there's no reactions, there's no um instant speed interactions. And so um not even to the point of like unlike magic where I can declare an attack with my creatures and then my opponent sets of defenders uh in Hearthstone um, when you attack, you you basically you select your target of the attack. And so there is no interaction um, during a player's turn, which is a big yeah, differentiator.
1: The, with the minor exception of secrets, which you can sort of... That will trigger automatically based on conditions that happen on the other player's turn. You, know, you can sort of play a card and put it in reserve that, you know, say as soon as your creature gets attacked, it re- automatically reveals and a thing happens. Which adds the feel a little bit of that surprise, but, uh, but you're absolutely right. There's none of this, uh, that timing doesn't matter mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. much, right? It's very much, a, I take my turn, you take your turn, which, you know, in, in a world where you're playing this thing on an iPad makes a lot of sense, right? right? Because you're, you know, if you're, it, the game has clearly been designed from the ground up to never happen in cards, right? It is very much an online game and all sorts of things. Pieces of hidden information, things like that, happen that would be very difficult to adjudicate with physical cards.
2: Mm-hmm. And and the, the sort of the intersection between secrets and the class based uh, sort of limited carpool that I was talking about really, I think, um currently hampers the sort of the surprise effect of those seekers secrets because the secret effect happens. It is it is a known quant like there. When a player plays a secret it goes on the board and you know that there is something there and because you know the card pool that a player is working from it's only going to be one of a few uh, one of three things right and 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 realistically if you're playing against someone who's competitive it's probably one thing one thing so you already you know you know what it is uh it just sort of happens at a different time
1: right right and and i think it's an interesting question how blizzard chooses to expand this game going forward because i i you know i i i'm gonna get the sense that i'm a little more positive on the game than you are david um i really dig this game i find it a great sort of go-to time waster sit on the couch play a couple games move on particularly the arena mode i find really interesting and fun um and the limited card pool is is actually made even more limited by the fact that you can effectively distill down cards you don't want to just get the ones you do, right? right? So the whole CCG aspect kind of goes away too. You could just spend a ton of money and buy a bunch of virtual packs and open them up and eventually end up with the whole card pool. But in reality, if you've decided you're going to play one of these three classes, you just destroy all the cards from the classes you don't want to play. Use the magical currency that gets created by that to just make those cards that you do want. Um, So there's, they're really, it's not only a limited card pool, it's a pretty accessible card pool.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and um... I wouldn't say that I'm I, I dislike Hearthstone. I have a complicated relationship with Hearthstone <laughs> that I'm that I'm that I'm, that I'm, I, I'm trying to unpack. It, it's it's um it, I think what you what how you described it as a as a casual time waster, something that you that you play while while you're sitting on the couch with your partner and you're watching a movie that you're no longer into, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna get on my iPad exactly, and I'm gonna, yeah, exactly, and I'm gonna play game right. So like that is how I can engage on it, but. I have this, uh, irrational, I think ownership defender of the faith as a, as a, as a, as a longtime CCG player, um, of, of my, 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 the hair on my, the back of my neck stands up and I, my shoulders get hunched when I, when I hear people talking about things like this is how a CCG should be made. And this, oh, is, no, this I, is, yeah, and, I would I would never argue that right right and, and and so like like it's sort of it's sort of the effect of like uh uh when you have a um a sort of a friend of a friend and you're at a dinner party and a friend of a friend has just come back from their one week trip to southeast asia and all of a sudden they're they're now they speak as if they are the foremost authority on <laughs> on like the, the 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 absolute you know poli- you know the political, the social, economic, and all of a sudden they are now an expert on Cambodia because I they spent a hundred hours of, in a hotel it, there. It, yeah, ex- exactly. And so and and this is sort of I think the relationship that I have with the general public in Hearthstone is 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 I get this and I'm like oh no, but
1: you don't know it's a different <laughs> thing and, and ah. but <laughs> and, I, I, so I'm working through that (laughs) and they've they've made that they've they've kind of done that on purpose right they've stolen the patois of magic Mm -hmm. in lots of places you're opening packs quote-unquote you know they've they've really gone out of their way to actually encase it in the tropes of ccgs um despite the fact that it doesn't really need to be a ccg in any way right you could you could have it 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 is sort of a game in and of itself um i think it's nicely tuned um Mm -hmm. it's nicely balanced i think you know, it'll be interesting to see whether in two years, if this thing's still running running around, whether they've added two hundred cards to the card pool, right? Because then it would be a very, very different game, right? Whether it starts um, becoming more of a CCG and less of a sort of standalone thing. I actually, I mean, Troy, you called it a bit of a deck builder um, instead of a CCG, and I understand why people think that because, like, I, like I was saying, the card pool is so accessible. Um, that it doesn't feel that much like a CCG to me. It feels a little bit more like like playing a, a game of uh, in the arena mode. Feels a little bit more like playing a game of I don't know Dominion or something yeah. like that.
2: I, I yeah I think um, the where it goes is an interesting question, and I think there's there is a a level of debate amongst the people at my work and some my my, i work i make free to play games so my sort of like irrational hatred even works on like a professional level where like (laughs) you know this big company has come in and made this game that you know uh, you i could never make for resources or whatever the case may be so that there's there's that too so there's a whole lot of weird biases going on when i'm dealing with
1: (laughs) you need (laughs) need Hearthstone Hearthstone therapy
2: Hearthstone therapy but but where do I think it goes uh I don't think they're gonna expand the card the card uh base uh for a couple of reasons um I don't think they need to um I don't particularly no one that I've spoken with that has spent uh a consider like let's say fifty to a hundred dollars on heart on hearthstone um has felt uh that they've gotten value um it's not something like it is a very playable with the with the the larger community isn't engaging in hearthstone i would say at like a super hyper competitive level like the pro magic tour um it's it's in this really wonderful state where it's so mass market and people are engaging in it as a as if as they would a free to play game whereas you know 98 of people don't spend any money um it has this effect that a lot of people are playing with those basic decks they're playing or they get one they craft one legendary card they don't have four of them they don't have three of them they don't have even two of these legendary cards and so i think um the game is sort of stated this fun fun place where you know one out of three times you're going to play against the deck that's you know maybe not optimal and you can sort of engage with and do something a little bit more interesting um and so i don't i don't really think on a financial level it's going to make much sense Uh, for blizzard to to make more cards i don't think there's an economic incentive for them to do so and frankly i also don't think the core design of the game will sustain more cards there's there's too few
1: rules they've they've talked about it and this is why i think it's gonna i i kind of agree with you that the core design right now has a certain simplicity to it that it's hard to imagine what another 200 cards do without just fundamentally Mm -hmm. breaking the game and turning into something that it's not They've talked about two kinds of expansions for this. And I don't know whether these are actually happening, but, you know, at BlizzCon, they were talking about these quote-unquote adventure expansions, uh, which are basically going to be like a single-player campaign thing that you go through where each one introduces a a few dozen new cards, 20 or 30 new cards, right? And I can sort of see supporting that, right? That doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like crazy. But then they've also talked about sort of tying... Uh, tying sort of content expansions with big giant hundred two hundred card you know bolt-ons to this, which I I agree with you. I think that's where I start saying, well, now they're going to have to introduce new mechanics and right because it, 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 otherwise it's just going to be dumb.
2: Because I, I think it actually operates and and I. <sighs> I've been trying to figure out how to explain it without sounding derivative or like, like it's a negative thing. And I and I want to say flat out, like I do enjoy it on that casual, time-waster level. Um, when I'm playing Hearthstone, my brain is going through a very, very different type of thought process and strategical decisions as compared to, say, a game of Magic the Gathering. And that's in, in, in many different ways. And the game that I came closest to, uh, a similarity was uh, was hearts hmm. um and 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 so where you sort of you sort of
1: know what you're going to do but you're going through the motions
2: exactly you're going through the motions and uh ultimately uh, so th- there's a couple things that play into it um or hearts are hearts are euchre is that um because of the the economy curve so in, in hearthstone unlike magic uh magic the gathering you have to draw resources into your hand and you can play one a turn and so what this means is there is the potential that on your third turn, on your fourth turn, you haven't drawn to one of the resources, which means you're sort of stalled out and you can only play cards that cost two. In Hearthstone, you get to play, you get one power on your first turn, two power on your second turn, three power on your first turn. Like it's, it, it's automatic. Uh, and what it means is, is that decks will have very, very nice curves that sort of curve up. You know, the person who wins is likely going to be the person who plays the most efficient one drop, the most efficient two drop, the most efficient three drop, the most efficient efficient four drop, right? It is better to play a single four-cost card on turn four than two two-cost cards. Like, right. just on a very, like, abstract yeah. level, right? Um, and so, and then you can take it one step further where you have a card uh, called the Chill Wind Yeti. Um, it's a, it's a four cost card. Uh, it has, I think four strength and five, uh, five toughness. It's a really vanilla card. Well, why is it in most decks or why is it a really great card? And it's simply because, uh, most of the four, the other four drops can't kill it and will be killed by it. So when you play the chill wind Yeti on turn four, you're likely going to be able to kill their, the card that they played on turn four and another card. So it's it's basically what's known as like a two for one. And that would be the equivalent of like playing a trump card. And so when you you could be really derivative and distill Hearthstone into a game about board control and a game about uh, efficiency. And just like in a trick taking game, you're you're playing a, a, a game where um you look at your hand and that's sort of random you say I have this much trump and I have I'm long in this suit. And I'm going to I can come up with an order of operations. I'm going to play this card and this card and this card and this card. It's going to hopefully draw right. out
1: the, and, and the it's, all it's the trump cards. At and that can, point, like if you know exactly. what your deck looks like based yep. on what you've been given into your hand, you're rarely making a tactical decision. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. you're simply making optimal choices. Um, you're very rarely taking a risk on hoping something pans out. You just either got what you wanted or not, which is compared to, you know, in CCG terms, there there's the phrase piloting a deck, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. There, there is a sense that you can have, and I've, I've been to tournaments like this back when I was playing a lot of Magic tournaments where, you know, the exact same deck list will be played by a third yeah. of the people because there's sort of a dominant paradigm. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is sort of trying to figure out how to beat that dominant paradigm. And what it comes down to is not actually Luck. It's down to the skill of the person piloting that deck. How well they understand what's coming and how to react to what's happening in the board. Making those sort of uh, sort of real tactical decisions about whether to save things in reserve or whether to use them early. Right. So there is actually real skill that you have to go through there. And and I I wholly admit. That's not really the case with Hearthstone. Like once you get your opening hand, you're going to, you know, if the game just sort of unfolds and you can make mistakes, mm-hmm, right? You can play mm-hmm. poorly, but it's not like optimal play requires some sort of chess-like ability to think things through. No, and I think that you can
2: have um you can have a very good time with just like you would playing hearts or euchre or whist. Where, you know, Julian, we could be sitting outside on your porch on a beautiful day like today and play a game of hearts and, and have some gin and tonics and it would be, it would be awesome. Um, but if, if, uh, you know, at the last RabbitCon, that you, we had a magic tournament. And when I sit down with, with, with Jesse and, and we play, we love those games, but we, we sit there for half an hour and we say about three words to each other. <laughs> it's all short form. And <laughs> right.
1: And because and, your and, brain's working, yeah,
2: and and, and we're, we're we get like you know we get a little we get a little sweat, and <laughs> and he's in the past two years he's he's won t- uh, both matches against, and it's and it's been it's been frustrating, but but I love it, and it's but I would never want to sit outside and have a drink with him while while doing it. Right. So they, they serve totally different purposes, and if and I think that if Blizzard or in Activision. If they change it, if they start adding in the the mechanics and the cards that are the, the mechanics to support such a large deck deck list, if there's if now when uh, you're playing against a hunter and a mage, you, you like right now if you play against a mage, you know I have to work around pyroblast. Pyroblast is a is a card that does four damage to all creatures on the board. It costs six or seven. Uh, Forgive me
1: for and you know that there's going to be two in the deck, and it's just a question of when it comes out. And so
2: you know when you're playing as a mage, you do not like spam all your people if you don't have to. You you play a little bit. Now, if they create, they create a whole bunch of different decks that you don't have to. If we went back and they sort of they mitigated the the secrets uh, sort of issue by having a bunch of really good viable secrets. If they if they made some conditional secrets, if they added in some stuff that you could do during other people's turns and things like this. I think it becomes a very, very different game. It becomes a game where it won't be so casual that it, this this really wonderful, I think, uh, environment, this meta that they've created where people are engaging in it on a free-to-play level, uh, it, it will stop existing, right? It'll be something that that the, the same people that are really obsessive about magic, and, and I no longer play Constructed Magic because I don't want to go to those tournaments with with these people that... Uh, are you know? There's there's 150 people playing one deck, 150 people playing another deck, 50 people playing the rogue deck that beats both those decks, and 100 scrubs, right? So there's 500 people, and you spend six hours playing it. And if you if you deviate from the norm, you don't stand a chance. Like it's just not something I'm into anymore. Right. And so uh, I would be I I just I can't see them going down there. Can't yeah. down that road.
1: Yeah, I agree. I and I think it's it's interesting because. Hearthstone as as a card game is going the opposite direction from how I see most of the development going in the space, right? I mean, Netrunner mm-hmm. has been, you know, a, a huge success at least uh, among strategy nerds i think it's been mm-hmm. a huge success and precisely because it took a fairly complex system right the core mechanics take a fair while to explain to somebody and then added in tons of really interesting decisions about when to play what and and a lot of uh you know bluffing mm-hmm. uh you know we, that game is fundamentally about bluffing and and that that really adds layers of complexity to it. You talk about a game that's not social, right? I mean, that's a game you play and you say three words to each other, and you may hate each other at the end of it. Um, <laughs> and 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 but that's the way I see a lot of card game development going is in that direction of of well crafted complexity to to create intense strategic experiences, which is the opposite of what's going on in Hearthstone.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I, there's really the they the the gorilla in the room right the, the the 300 pound gorilla is is still magic the gathering and i think um it would be folly for a company digital or or on tabletop to go directly at them and that would be to create um a uh an annually an annually recycling cycling card pool of thousands of cards of of multiple formats professional tours um lots of of people have tried
1: and how many of those are standing you know yeah
2: it's there it's just it's just with and then and then the secondary market right so like wizard has in the back pocket back pocket the secondary market of you know i was at a friendly local game store um just before we recorded and i had to pick some packs up for the, the for a draft that i'm doing uh next week and that's a store that exists to sell used magic cards. I mean, they have some board games and they, they've actually no longer have comics and they have some Pathfinder stuff, but it still exists to sell magic cards. And in a city the size of Toronto, there's about four of them. Um, and that's a, that's a significant number of, of of access to it on, at least on a, like a brick and mortar, mortar level where they're not going to give up magic because that's their, that's their livelihood. And so I think it's really interesting to see like Pathfinder and things, or not Pathfinder, but uh net sort of go at this, this sort of different level where it's not the highly competitive sort of e-sport equivalent, you know, or, or sport equivalent and, and sort of take these more crafted experiences with I think more complex rules. Like they're definitely more fiddly. The fantasy flight stuff is more fiddly.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And and the living card game systems like the Game of Thrones one, et cetera, and so mm-hmm. on. Right. They're they're all designed to they're, they're all they go right at magic because they go at the pain point of magic, which is people get right. tired of, of buying new cards all the time. Right. And anybody who's been even remotely successful has addressed that problem. Nobody mm-hmm. else has been successful with the possible exception of Pokemon of of keeping right. a card game going that still relies on people buying singles and buying a pack of something every week and a new expansion every three months, et cetera. Um, and I think the Fantasy Flight stuff and Netrunner really have addressed that by saying, hey, you know what, you can stop buying and you have a great game that you put in a box and you can play with your friends. And then, oh, we're going to release this thing, which just changes the game, and now you can mm-hmm. play a different set of stuff. And I think yeah. they've done a very good job at that, honestly.
2: Yeah, there there's there's just a setup where if you want to go in and you want to play a constructed tournament, if you want to go to a PTQ or you want to go to a Pro Tour, you know, you need to to bring a junk deck or a uh, a spawning pool, a spawning pool deck, and these things are going to cost you 1500-2000 to put together the deck. That's right. just what it costs. And even though they like uh, wizards has tried to reduce that. They, they did this thing called modern masters where they printed a, basically it was like a whole bunch of like really expensive cards and they printed up this series with the idea that they're going to drive down the gray market and increase, uh, the, the participation in that format. Well, what they did was is they increased the demand. So they did increase the supply, but more people got into that format and demand increased even right. greater <laughs> than the than the than the supply. And in fact, they just exasperated the problem. Which is a high class uh,
1: problem if you're a company, I, to be honest. Yeah, it, right? it's a it's
2: a it's a it's a it's a great problem. And so I think um that's sort of I think we can shift this conversation into the sort of the economics of Hearthstone, where I'm I don't I don't think Activision is going to mention Hearthstone at any of their quarterly reports, <laughs> right? Like it's it it's it's just it's not going to. Uh, I think it, it which is kind of interesting because I've been really trying to figure out why does this game exist. Um, when one of the big pulls into Hearthstone was uh, any player that I think uh, basically you can level up your characters, and if you leveled up all your characters to I think level ten uh you unlocked a world of warcraft mount. Uh and I think they probably got a very high number of people downloading the iPhone game or the iPad game, uh going out of battle net, transferring over, playing that game just to get that mount. And if you think about the lost opportunity cost, like those mounts make tens of millions of dollars. Like it's a like World of Warcraft now makes more money on free-to-play additions than they do on subscriptions so i suspect hearthstone's actually been a value negative proposition for Activision, <laughs> well, given, which is given kind that, of
1: crazy well given that clearly there's like a significant development team too i mean this is a right, highly polished right. game it's you know it's not like three guys in a garage made it it's a major effort yeah. um, definitely
2: so why does it exist?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's because there is a li- I, This is totally off the top of my head. I think there's a long-term vision at Blizzard to bring all of their IPs under a single platform. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, you know, it's going to be a fairly short line between where we are now and a world in which World of Warcraft simply becomes the sort of metaverse place you go to play a whole bunch of other games. Right, which you know, Sony tried to do this with Free Realms. Plenty of folks have tried to take their MMOs and make them effectively the lobbies for a bunch of other experiences. Um, But I think that we look what they're doing with their uh, their you know League of Legends clone. You look at Hearthstone. You look at what they're doing inside the core game of WoW itself. I think it's a a fairly thin line between here and where we end up, which is where all of these experiences live under a World of Warcraft umbrella. And this was sort of the first experiment in that. Now, you know, well, when we know that that is really going to happen is when you can walk into the inn in World of Warcraft and sit down and play Hearthstone. But I think that that's what's coming.
2: Yeah, I, what is? Do you know what is the the sort of the the population of of World of Warcraft? Is I it think
1: increasing? Is it decreasing? It's been decreasing for quite some time, but decreasing down from I think a peak of eleven to something like eight million. I mean, it's yeah. still huge.
2: Yeah, I, I you know I, I I don't have you know I I don't even have estimations on the on the the number of daily active Hearthstone players. I think they sort of. They they fluctuate between you know top thirty top twenty grossing on iPad only, um, which is an incredible accomplishment. It's just it's not like a particularly significant amount of revenue for a company the size of Blizzard or Activision, um, but but I think it is interesting that they that this is sort of their first foray into like cross platform mobile strictly free to play and 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 pc like we've been talking about it as a as a mobile game but it definitely exists on on pc like you can start a BattleNet and play it uh have you I, ever it, played it
1: like that i actually prefer to play it on the pc because because if i'm playing with friends it's so much easier to t- chat with them you know you just hit right. return and start typing right so it becomes a chat window while you're playing a game with them which is great right but Super the, fun. But the,
0: the, 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 the those 80 motes on the ipad app aren't enough for you
1: <laughs> well, you can't type to people who aren't on your friends list, so well, it's course. not, um, you know, it's not, yeah. uh, it's still not a social game in that sense, but right. for the people that you've already got on your friends list, it's it's a great way to do that. Um, so it's, it's, I think it works even better that way. Obviously, it plays perfectly on the iPad. The game itself doesn't change really at all. Sure. Um, you know, uh, it, it, the graphics are prettier on my PC, but... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. I, you know, from, from my standpoint, I'm frustrated that it's not on the iPhone. Um, I don't think it would particularly play well on the iPhone. I think it's, there's probably just too, too much space, too much stuff would be too cramped, but, uh, you know, I would I would love it if if Blizzard would make the case for me, you know, that I could go to, you know, the the CEOs and, and the, the money guys at, at my company and be like, see, look, something with some gameplay, it can it can work. I would, right. I would love for that to happen. Um, what's your been your, you know, uh, Troy, like you've yeah. you've played a little bit as sort of someone you don't play Magic. You haven't really played Magic, or am I no, assuming I'm, I'm, too much? No, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm not a Magic player. I haven't played a lot of these uh, collectible card games. I mean, I've dabbled in a few here and there, but none of them really grab me. Um, I mean, one of the things I really like about Hearthstone is, I mean, as you said, just how clear and obvious so many of the strategies are. I mean, it was uh, a friend of mine, was you know it was posted on Twitter, but oh, this he built this great warlock deck. How amazing it was! And then of course he stumbled on a wiki. and This is apparently a very standard warlock deck. This is like nothing, but he was like, oh wow, this is a great amazing thing. In fact, it's actually apparently quite obvious, and everyone else has discovered it. Um, I don't go on those wikis. And I think this is a question I want to raise because we've talked about you know the magic and how there are you know set there are certain set deck set strategies, and these tend to perpetuate throughout the tournament world. And I just wonder. How much Hearthstone is kind of being either forwarded and made more popular or being undone by how easy it is to get wiki information on how to play a warlock right, how to play a paladin right. So you run into these sorts of things a little bit, I think, faster than you might have before the wikification of games. Um, I mean, I'm resisting this sort of uh, research because I like the idea of the building and the learning and teaching myself, you know, I have a, I have a rogue. I want to level up my rogue. I want to figure all this stuff out on my own. Because I think that's where a lot of the reward is for me. It is in the planning and the strategy and the building and winning these cards and not buying them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem. I prefer to you know play through all these little quests to get like 40 in game gold here and forty in gold game there, and use that to buy uh to buy new packs instead of you know going out there spending a whole bunch of money and getting as many booster packs as I can, though that will be a lot so, faster
1: so you haven't spent you haven't spent any money on the game at all.
0: I have not spent a cent yet David I mean, how
1: about you
2: mm-hmm. um no, I haven't, and, and and I think we should let let, let Troy finish that. Yeah, yeah, and then no, I'm just, I, I just want i, wanna... I was just
1: curious about that. I haven't spent any money on it either, so it's an interesting I, I, sample. But go ahead. I, uh...
2: I, I, I want you guys to help me with some like forward and backward logic after this. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I mean, I so I really do like how clear so many things are. I mean, I, I'm building my decks, and as the cards become available, I have to decide, you know, how many high-powered cards, how many expensive cards do I want. How many cheap cards do I want? Right. I mean, this is really, it is, collectible card games like this, because you do have the, the, the cap of, you know, you can never have more than 10 action points uh, in a turn, you do have to think about this resource problem. You don't want to have a, a deck full of, you know, seven, six and seven cost cards, when you only have like five or six action points to spend. Um, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're wasting your, your time there. So, but you, those cards are often very, very powerful. Um, and there's no way to decide when they show up in your hand. They could show up really, really early when they're just sitting there, you know, wasting your time and wasting your points. So you're setting up for like piddly little fireballs as the mage. I've got two points to spend and a deck f- and a handful of five point cards. I'm going to poop you with this, you know, one fireball damage. Take that, you ruffian. And it's, you know, cause you're, it's, it's, I like that sort of strategic side of it, but I'm not pretending I'm doing any heavy, deep thinking here. Um, it's a bit like, you know, I don't want to say baby's first collectible card game because that's kind of looking down on it. I really think there is some neat interplay between the different classes, and I still haven't quite figured out if there is a, I don't to say a rock, paper, scissors thing going on, but whether there are some classes that just are toast against other classes in the hands of better players. So is that something you guys might want to help me out on? I mean, the Pyroblast is pretty freaking awesome. But, you know, I take my mage out, and I find it has a hard time against paladins. We're not so much against rogues. And maybe i am just been very, very lucky. Um... Or maybe there's something else going on there. Uh, so, as someone coming from only a passing knowledge of these sorts of games, I really like the art. I like the style. I like how simple it is. But yeah, I, I, it's very clear I'm playing something that is designed for a large market. Already familiar with World of Warcraft. Already bought into the World of Warcraft class system.
2: Um, I think. I think you know, Julian. We can talk about, about this. You know, Troy's original question was, "What's going to happen if?" The community at large just net decks or what is the effect of net decking? And, um, you know, my, my first hand experience, uh, is, uh, I, I can think of an, of an anecdote and, uh, when I was, I was really heavily into, uh, a game from AG called Legend of the Five Rings. Yep. I, and, uh, the new diamond edition came out and the a crew of mine in, Toronto. We were planning on going to the first the first big tournament in New Jersey, and we we basically had convinced ourselves that we had come up with basically the most dominant deck. We found some broken stuff, right. and we were just going we were going to descend on them. We all were going <laughs> to pile in a band There's going to be eight of us, and we were going to descend on them like the Strike Force, take all their prizes. Make them feel terrible about themselves, sing Oh Canada, drop the mic and <laughs> run away. Um, and so, so in, in preparation, um, we were playing in every local tournament we could. And in fact, we started spreading out and trying to find, we really wanted to test our, to test this deck against, uh, the larger, cause there were, there were some answers, but they were like these like weird meta cards that people shouldn't be playing. But we just wanted to see what was going on, right? This was, this was an unknown. And so we all piled in the van. And we drove to Burlington, which is a which is a, a sort of a, a pretty far a suburb. It's about an hour drive out of Toronto. And we went to this friendly local game store for their uh their tournament night. So on Wednesday Wednesday nights, they they run a tournament league and this this six people pile out big city folk pile out of this thing, and we ruined their night. And I feel bad about it. <laughs> no, and and I and I I just remember where they had this 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 little environment in their their suburb of 120,000 people. You know, there was maybe 16 people that played out of this store. Uh, you know, they they were really friendly. They shook hands. They they sort of. Everyone was trying out their deck. People were really into the story and the characters. And I would only, you know, they, they had, they role played. So they had like their magical samurai. They had never seen the game be played like this, right? Like they were used to games going 12, were, 13 turns. Way
1: more seriously
2: than they ever had. Right. We were, we were winning on turn three. They had never they they didn't get to play their cards. Like they they loved these really expensive cards and characters and they had these stories that they were telling, and we won the game before they could play. Um and that's what net decking does. Net decking destroys a casual environment. Right. There's just there's just there's a game these games are about efficiency and um a- ab-
1: absolutely. And they're and very, there's a race. they're an entirely different thing when people are approaching them that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I played Magic, you know, back way in the age when there was no net decking because people didn't have internet accounts, right? It was right at the beginning. And then I went through a second phase where I was playing at a a local store in Somerville, Mass., called uh, Your Move Games, uh, which was the home of uh, a magic player named Darwin Castle, who went on to win, I think, the second or third Magic Invitational. Darwin Castle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Darwin Castle—that's a survival of the fittest name right there, isn't it? Fantastic. Anyway, and you know, and this was—it had a very vibrant magic community, as you can imagine. And there was sort of this back room of Darwin and his guys crafting the things that mm-hmm. they were going to be taking to pro tournaments. And they were like super secretive about it. It was like, nobody wanted like, Oh no, he's working on that deck in the other room. We're not allowed to know what's in it yet until he would bust this thing out at some tournament. And it became the, 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 the concept of neck decking made it almost like espionage Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where everybody understood what the core broken mechanics were. And the folks that were actually really good. And at the top of the game were effectively in the back room, cooking up secret sauce that nobody got to see which i think is cool it's a whole separate thing that i think is really cool but it's very i mean it's all it's it's like the difference between people who play competitive chess and people mm-hmm. who play like uh you know lords of Waterdeep on their living room table <laughs> it's a totally different yeah. world
2: right yeah they, they they sort of existed you know i i, I played I started playing uh, um, Arabian Nights, so that was the first expansion of right. the first the first reprint. Right, that's pretty uh, much and, when
1: I started too. Yeah,
2: right. And and there was there was this. I, th- I think he was German. There was this guy. His name was Kai Bude. I assumed at the time he was Japanese. I don't know why, but and and he uh, and but but back then it was also very very. It was actually magic back then was a lot like Hearthstone now. Like magic back then, the wind condition was Sierra Angel. That's a 4 4 flying creature. Right. It's Super like, simple. Just, it's yeah. like, it's like this most vanilla card back then. But at that time, in its infancy, that was the win condition. It was delay the game, lay that thing down, win. It was a big creature. You couldn't deal with it. It didn't tap to attack. So it was a blocker. It was an attacker. It did everything. It was the best card in the game. Now, like, it will barely make, make the cut for this. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen with Hearthstone. And I've been, I, and I, and this is why I don't think the majority of people believe that paying money has value.
1: Well, and that, that makes the question, will they keep the game alive? Right. I mean, right. And, and I, and I want to, I want to understand
2: this and and I can certainly, I'm trying to work through this logic and there's probably a flaw uh, and I was hoping you guys could help me out. Okay. So I think we can all agree that, uh, a lot of the fun in the game is what Troy described, this looking at the subset of cards, figuring out what's the curve I should use, which four card, which six card, how many cheap cards, how many expensive. There's, there's an element to that strategy. And I think, is it safe to assume that if the card base is that expanding your collection, your subset of cards, giving you more choices, does that make it more interesting in theory?
0: To a certain point. I mean, you don't want to have the, you know, the, 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 the tragedy right. of too much choice. Because then you get paralyzed. It, it, yeah. But you do want to have enough options so that you can have, so there's a clear difference for swapping in one card in the next and knowing what the consequence would be. Now, there is a point right. where you just have too many cards. And you end up having yeah. to build an Excel spreadsheet to figure out, you know, what the payoff is here and there. Um, so there's a, you want more cards. I'm not sure. I'm not sure right. if that means more than Hearthstone has now, or just you know more options right. to unlocking packs. But you don't want to have so many. I mean, like how many cards does Magic have? I don't even know where to begin. I, but right. I have no thousands idea where a, where a start, yeah. yeah, where a starting Magic player would even begin yeah. without going online, already starting with half the research done, uh, done for you.
2: Yeah. So, so I, I guess the, the my natural extension is is that as a lot of people. And I think a lot of like podcasts and journalists that are games writers that I've heard talk about uh, like with most free to play games, they say it is great. It is free to play done right because you can play without spending any money. And all three of us are evident of that's the case. You can get enjoyment out of Hearthstone without spending any money. And in fact, I think that the promise of buying new cards, I don't think is persuasive en- enough. Like it well, certainly hasn't been for me. Like, I don't believe, based on the experience of other people, but also on the cards that I've seen and looking at all the cards, there's nothing that I that I want enough to spend money. And I'm someone who, as part of their life, will spend $60 on a game. Right. But I won't spend money. And and is that evidence that there's not actually enough interesting decisions like if there were better if there was more variety would i want to buy those cards
1: so the, the so the i know quite a few people who have spent a lot of money on hearthstone yeah and 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 most of them are actually what i would consider much more casual gamers um, right. Okay. It, we had a conversation about this at the last Rabicon, and some of the folks were, you know, we, there was a conversation about Hearthstone going on, and people were like, oh, yeah, I love Hearthstone, blah, blah, blah. People who hadn't played Magic, who generally aren't hardcore gamers, aren't hardcore strategy gamers. And the reason they were spending money was not to unlock cards, it was to be able to play in okay. the arena more right so the oh okay so so this is what i was saying before i think this is the most interesting part about hearthstone is by yeah. locking the the deck building game behind a paywall which is effectively what they've done you can earn enough gold to go into the arena but you have to do all the daily quests so you have to either play a ton or you just buy a bunch of gold with real money. Mm-hmm. And you use that gold to just play in the arena a lot, which is a very, I think, much more interesting. Once you've mastered the core mechanics, it's a much more interesting way to play. It, is. Um, it but, definitely is, But, you know, for, for somebody who has been like, when I've gotten my most addicted to this game, maybe I'll play seven or eight or 10 games in a day that maybe I've earned enough gold by playing 10 games in a day to be able to play one round in the arena right? So that the time investment required mm-hmm. to p- unlock and play that other game mode uh, is significant. Um, even if you're winning all the time, it's still significant, right? To earn that right. much gold. Um, but, you know, I don't know what the conversion rate is, but you drop 50 bucks and you've got a whole, mm-hmm. pile, of, whole pile of arena games sitting right in front of right. you.
2: Right. Right. And and I think this is sort of this, this interesting thing because they, that is so spot on to what I think the standard free-to-play mechanic is, right? It's... You you create something that the player will do. They'll grind away at it, and then you also create something that they have perceived value, something valuable that they actually enjoy doing. And then you get in the way, <laughs> and, and 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 you either you either put a timer on it or you put a hard currency cost. And they've done that. And I think probably I suspect that you're right. I suspect most of their their revenues is derived from arena plays. Um, It's kind of interesting that they seemingly have gotten a free pass. Like no one complains about the fact that they have to keep plopping in a quarter to play this game. I I found it interesting.
1: Well, I I think that we've seen much more, I I hesitate to use this word, but I will abusive free to play models out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that that's because this is, there is nothing in this game that is truly locked down um, and it is not, like I said, it's not unachievable. I have played a ton of arena. I've never spent a dime in the game, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm playing arena every time I get 150 gold to go play in right. the arena. Um, and that's fine. And I'm for me, that time investment hasn't been, uh, hasn't really been obscene. So that's been fine. Uh, but yeah. I, I think if if they had made it a lot more abusive, then we would be giving them less of a free pass.
2: That's true. And, but But I think it is kind of interesting that it's like, you never want to play it enough to spend two dollars, and 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 you'll spend two dollars on a lot of things. Like you, you're, you know, you, you you are you're an adult. You're an adult man. You can if you want to if you want if you want to you know you're a re, you know you have you have income and you understand the value of your time. And you know, uh, if you wanna if you wanna play something for for two dollars, you'll play something for two dollars. If you wanna buy a eight track uh, recording thing for your garage, you'll buy that. Right,
1: <laughs> and and I've definitely had my finger hovered over the one ninety nine real money button. Right, I mean, it's not that I'm like revulsed by the idea of paying two bucks to right. make a run in the arena, but because you know, it's basically, you can win 12 times or lose three. And I think my best record ever was like six and three, uh, you know, uh, $2, like how much my, you know, it's, it's on the bubble for me. But if I was like really good, I might be all over it.
2: Right. If you were, if you were value positive. Yeah. Um, do you, have you, you, I seem to recall you played, uh, some magic the gathering online,
1: right? I still do. I mean it's still installed okay. on my machine. Huh. And it, there it, it, I was paying through the nose. <laughs> oh, okay. so,
2: right. So so like I'm in this interesting position where I'm not gonna claim to be value positive and I certainly don't break even, but I win enough in 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 drafting that, you know, I can spend fifteen dollars and I can do seven, eight drafts. So right. I, 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 I do I I do well enough. Um it's a totally different experience, right? Like I can't, I can't sit down to play Magic at the gathering unless I know that I have three hours alone in the house, because if I, if I, if I have a great Jack and, you know, I might have to play nine games of magic and that's going to take me three hours. Right. And that's a, that's a huge time time commitment.
1: Right. Right. And the the, Um, the beauty of the Hearthstone arena system, which is sort of their equivalent of that as close as it could be, is that mm -hmm. you can just play one game and then go away right cuz you're not in uh you're not in a pool of like eight players all getting to a, a single winner you just it's just you're you know next game up next game up and so you can play one game and then not play for 3 days and come back and be like oh i still have a run going in the arena and you can jump back in which is super cool
2: have you played much arena troy
1: i've
0: only started a bit over this weekend i've been you know working my way through some of the basic decks learning some of the classes playing some games just in the ordinary play practice session with other people um but i have have gone into the arena and i really do like the draft thing that's really kind of sweet that's where yeah, all the, yeah, that, now that's really where you put together what you've
1: learned yeah yes, exactly and that, true. you know the the thing is that the break even on it i think is if i if I, I remember looking it up once is is something like nine wins so you have to be able to build a deck Mm -hmm. Win nine out of your 12 games until you lose three. Then you basically get the equivalent of a re-entry fee to another round and you get a bunch of cards and stuff like that. Um, and, And so that's I'm just nowhere near there. Right. If I was consistently able to win nine out of 12, then, you know, dropping two bucks would seem like like you're talking about, like, if you can buy one draft set on Magic Online, you can turn that into, you know, half a dozen drafts before you've sort of lost out that's that's a huge huge positive win rate
2: yeah it's it's i and and i and i'm in the same way is i definitely am not consistently getting to nine wins i'm very rarely getting to nine wins and i can't tell if that is for all the bluster and all the talk of it being simple is it Am I just actually not very good? Do I not know the the relative values? Uh, it could be that I'm picking the wrong class when you're given the option of two. Yeah. I'm not entirely too sure. Or, or the it's just other that there's act,
1: more randomness to it than we all think there is. And
2: and and I, and I think there is because like sometimes uh, I have yet to play the arena where I have gotten multiple legendary cards, but I have played against several opponents. Where they drop two legendary cards, and I just and I just lose, and I'm like, and I just say that's that's just crazy. that's luck of the draw, like,
1: right? I mean, that's got to be um, it, it's yeah, the arena, and,
2: and it's frust- Oh man, is it frustrating yeah. though, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, Lizard made a conscious decision to eliminate like during the drafting period when you're building the deck and you're making the choices. They made that a solitaire experience. Yep. They said at any given time you're picking one or two. Um, it's so much more accessible. Um, but to me, it's, that's not really the fun part of drafting. Like the, the fun part of drafting to me is the, is the metagame of thinking what types of cards am I passing to my left? Right. What types of cards right. am I packing, passing to my right? What am I likely to get? But How many is why cards is are why left? I sort of in of think thing.
1: of it as more of a deck building experience, right? Exactly.
2: It's definitely, it is more of just deck building than, than drafting. You're, you're making a series of choices and,
1: and you're going to play every card you pick. That's the key too.
2: That is true. I never even thought about that. Of course. Yeah. So.
0: So, concluding thoughts: Is Hearthstone something you guys will be playing? You think for a long time? I mean, Julian, you say you're still playing, you know, Magic online, and that hasn't been cool since you know.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, I haven't been cool since like 1983.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's been... <laughs> oh, well, okay. Point made. Is this a game you think you'll be coming back to repeatedly I, over I years? I mean, or... I, I'm
1: very intrigued to see what they're going to do with expansions. I feel like I've got. I'm certainly by no means great at this game, but I feel like I have a handle on it. I understand the core strategies enough that when they drop an expansion of 30 cards on it and they put some little single player experience in front of it and they say, oh, and it's four dollars or whatever it is. I'm sure they'll charge for the expansion. They should Um, that 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 would get me to drop some money on it. So, uh, you know, am I going to be playing it forever? Nah. But is is it? I I don't see it going away anytime soon. It's one of those things that sits on my iPad and it'll be like, Oh, I have half an hour. It's a great time to play a little horse You
2: know, for, for me, um, it's, it's, it's disposable. Like, like, you know, as someone who makes iPhone games, it's as disposable as all of them. And, (laughs) and it will, it is something that has has occupied my time uh probably more so than most in fact i can definitely say more so than most um i've played through a number of games that were like this that are on the ipad uh, soul forge being another standout right. i figure i should give them a shout out because they were doing it before hearthstone was doing it uh uh but um but no this is this is not something that's 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 for me it's just not, it doesn't It doesn't engage my brain in the way that makes makes me happy.
0: I'll probably play it on and off for a bit, but there's just not enough muskets in it for me. Now, if they had a musk, musketeer character, uh, we'll see. But it is uh, fun to watch and fun to learn and fun to make my way through. Uh, that wraps it up for a discussion of Hearthstone, uh, which is this month's, or this was Spring's, great shiny flavor uh thank you julian and david for joining us for being here great to be here my pleasure and thanks as always to michael hermes for piecing this together Uh, we'll be back next week with discussion of something else have a good time all
2: good night something
1: else